Hi, I'm Kevin Harrington, an original shark from the hit television show Shark Tank, and you're listening to the Underdog Podcast. I've been too high up to fall, question marks, what's up with y'all? All we know is over time, barking like some underdogs. Underdogs, underdogs, underdogs. All we know is over time, barking like some underdogs. Underdogs, underdogs. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Underdog Podcast. Today, I have an incredible guest who I absolutely love. Pat Precourt is in the building, my friend. How are you? I am fantastic. Thank you. Been looking forward to this, and here we are. <laughs> I love it, Pat. I was saying the same thing about you. You just have such a special energy, and what you bring is just so magnetic and amazing. And like you just help people get to the other side because oftentimes you just get stuck. We get stuck in these patterns and stuck in these things. And it's like you know how to take people to the next level and take all the obstacles out of the way, which is amazing. And just like who you are, you're just amazing and awesome and funny, just in general. And that's why I'm so pumped to get your side of the story today and hear all about you and what you've been up to in the world and all the amazing things. So if I may, my favorite starting question for you, what inspired you on your journey to where you are today, my friend? Good question. Again, probably a little unorthodox, right? Cause I didn't have this. I didn't, I didn't have this epiphany one day, like, Hey, I want to do this. As a matter of fact, I probably had like six epiphanies and each one completely altered the direction I was going to handle. It's kind of crazy, right? So let's start where, where I am today. Real estate will always be part of what I do, but put aside the real estate investment side, right? What drives me, what I'm passionate about is the work I do with clients, entrepreneurs, business owners, moms and dads, right? Leaders and getting them to step up into the big shoes that were set aside for them. That's what I do. I help people go from where they're at into their full potential, right? So that's a really brief description of where I play, but that's not where it started. You know, I went to college, well, I enrolled in college. Um, I didn't leave with a degree, but I did leave with a rugby experience that got me in rugby, craziest thing, right? And uh, at the time I'm like, great, I'm just gonna play rugby for a while. And that came to a screeching halt, one big injury, torn ACL, stopped, changed everything. And I'm like, all right, well, I better get serious, a little bit more serious about life. I got back into contracting and building. It's what I knew how to do. I had a framing company in college. So it just mm -hmm. kind of carried on. I had to make a living, right? As I was getting through that, I didn't even have insurance, didn't have money to fix my knee. So I couldn't play rugby for a while. So I'm like, all right, I guess I'm going to be a contractor for a while. I'm like, this is okay. I can make money here. I'm good at this stuff. Got my knee fixed up, got back into rugby, got really good at rugby, started to play um, at really high levels, got to play internationally for a little while, right? So I'm like, I guess I'm going to be a rugby player for a while. This is good stuff. Series of bad concussions. Took that away overnight. Changed everything on a dime. At the time, I'd gone from contractor which was good, but it didn't meet my traveling schedule for rugby. So I got involved doing home inspections in a family home inspection business. And they were flexible with my schedule. And so I'm like, this is working out perfect. My wife and I met at, at 18 years old when we were orientation day at school, right? Now, she didn't like me then, but that's when we met, just to be clear. Right? <laughs> Distinctions. Distinctions. <laughs> oh, yeah. 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 It wasn't until our, our junior year that we actually, you know, formally started dating and so forth and so on. But I'm going to advance this a little, little further here. So in my inspection space, I got introduced to real estate investors, right? And that set me on this journey of being a real estate investor. 
And um, that was a great path to be at. To this day, I still am an active real estate investor. We don't do wholesales or fix and flips or short sales, which we did for a long time. We're, we're exclusive in the space of boutique senior living now, right? Which is a little niche in a niche. But the part, the biggest transition came in the middle of all this. When we're in real estate for years, we're 10 years in, we got in the education space, got really good at the education space, was a founding member of one of the largest real estate training companies in the U.S. Quickly found something, figure something out, Pamela, and you'll get this, right? No matter how good our knowledge, our expertise, our direction, our process and system was that we handed over on a silver platter to people, small percentage of people would be successful with it. This altered the trajectory that I was on at the time. Mm. I thought this education stuff's really good and real estate investment's really good. I'm just gonna, I'm gonna ride this one out. And I don't know how else to describe it. It became an internal conflict with me that we're charging a lot, people a lot of money. And we're giving them the best we got, but few are doing something with it. So it started mm. on a path of human behavior and understanding why we do what we do. It has nothing to do with how smart you are or, and truly has nothing to do with your resources or, or your knowledge, nothing to do with that. Right. And then I spent the next 12 plus years, which brings us up to now going deeper and deeper and deeper and understanding uh, why humans do what they do. And more importantly, how to alter behavior. That was a short version of up to where we are, but you asked, you know, what got you here? Well, I never woke up one day and said, Hey, Pat, you should be an expert in getting people results. Never did that come to mind. That was an after that description designation came after I got there. Does that make sense? Kind of interesting. It's incredible. No, I, I, I love that fact. I mean, honestly, you went through so many different trajectories. Like, I mean, going from rugby and then getting into construction and then getting into real estate investment education, like that's, I think, as diverse as you possibly can. And then it's a human behavior, right? So that's as diverse as you possibly can be, which I think is really cool, really, really cool. And it kind of plays off each other. And we'll get into deeper into the career portion of your life and kind of how you went through and transitioned between all of those. But my question is, what did you want to be when you grew up? Like as a kid, what was your dream? didn't have one big masterful dream. I'm, so to this day, I'm all about enjoying this journey. And that's how I've always been, Pamela, right? So I never said, hey, I want to be a multimillionaire or I want to have all this wealth or all this influence, right? That was never the objection. I'll tell you, if people are listening and they want a really, really insightful takeaway that I learned probably late in my 40s, right? Mid 40s, I'm 54 now, right? When I stopped, trying to do everything for me and focus on doing things for other people, right? Allowing other people to grow. Yep. Universe opened up and poured into me. Everything Amen. you could possibly imagine. Just when, whoosh. again, I couldn't have gotten to that point of recognition without going the hard path. Now I'm just happened to be a slow learner, right? <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. A little thick-headed, maybe a little cocky and arrogant at times, right? Because, hey, I know this. I got this figured out. And, you know, so I I don't learn some of this stuff right away. And it took me later on in my 40s to realize that if I start making about other people, Pamela, then everything I need or want in this this universe comes yours. Just craziest happening. But go back one step, right? to what you wanted, your dream, your purpose. Because as adults, and when I are adults and our listeners, I'm guessing most of them are adults here, right? That becomes a challenge, right? We wake up one day, we're like, shit, I'm halfway through this journey and I don't really know what I want. 
or where I'm going. Yeah. What's my purpose? And that comes up all the time. And then we start asking ourselves what seems like a logical, helpful question, but it's really a dead end question. We ask ourselves, well, well, who am I? And now it seems like that's a smart question to ask yourself. Look yourself in the mirror. Pat, who are you, right? Now, here's the challenge. I was asking myself that my entire life, right? Because things kept changing for me. I didn't throw in, besides rugby, post-rugby, I stepped into the MMA fighting cage at 42 years old. Where, how does that happen? And how does that make any sense, right? Hold MMA for, at 42? Yeah, hold that aside for a second. Because that doesn't make any sense. And I get that. I understand that. Okay. I also started a, a full-blown MMA gym. At, well, I call it Lifestyle Fitness Center. But it has the heart and culture of our martial art, our MMA, about that same time, right? That we've had now for since 2012. But push that aside for a second, right? And go back to the question, who am I? When we ask ourselves that question, we run into a bit of a conundrum because it forces us to go like this. Who am I? And we go like this. Oh, where have I been? Mm -hmm. All we can do is let where we've been determine who we are, which just brings us up to here. But that's not the question we're asking. We're looking for insight on how to go forward, which way we should be headed, what we should be looking into, what we should focus on. So I learned the question is not, who am I? The question, and this one opens up the world. And every morning, it's a good question to ask, staring at me, go, hey, Pamela, who do I got to become today? Now we go, boom, the world is our oyster. And we start looking at, well, man, I want to do this, and I want to do this, and I want to become this. So I, now I'm starting to realize, I got to start stepping up into these next set of shoes that I'm designed to wear. But at least it gives us a forward-looking projection and not a dead end by who am I? Here's something that I share with people. And try, I try to put it in, in words that make sense to us. The best way I can describe it is this. The mind that got us here, awesome, excellent, great, but won't get us there. It's limited to its past. So in order to go forward, we've got to let go of part of who we are and leave it in the past and make room for who we've got to become. And that's not an easy part to swallow sometimes, right? No, because I mean, all of us get stuck one way or another, somewhere, somehow. And your mindset is just absolutely incredible, Pat. So, I mean, I'd love to dive into too, like what has your journey been like to find these amazing answers that got you to be able to help all of these people and what that strategy looks like and how you help them get there and remove those obstacles, help them remove the obstacles that they often, we often put, because I'm guilty of one of them, in front of our own selves, right? And we don't even realize that we're holding our own selves back sometimes. Like you said, a lot of the time we have to kind of almost reverse a lot of things within us to keep moving forward. And sometimes that's not easy. It's like, no, I'm comfortable here. Like, I don't want to, you know, I'm good. Right. And we stunt our growth that way. So all great questions. So I'll share some with you. And I know it's not going to sound comfortable, right? Right. But we can't change our mindset. Let that set for a second. Mindset is pretty clear in its title. Mindset. It's set. And the reason being is our mindset. Stay with me on this. Our mindset is a lag indicator of our belief system. Mm. What we believe is reflected in our mind. So I think it was Henry Ford who said, and this won't be exactly right, but if you believe you can or you believe you can't, either way, you're one of right. Well, if you believe you can't, then your mindset's going to reflect, your actions are going to reflect the combination of your beliefs and your mindset. 
right? And you can't out vision board that and you can't out mantra that, right? You've been in this business and this is part of your space right here. So I know, you know, this is true. Like in the last five years, it seems like everybody, every guru out there has become like a, a mindset expert, right? Oh God. Yeah. The challenge yep. is you can't fix a belief problem with a mindset solution yet. That's all they got for tools, right? Because they don't understand the connection between the two. And what you had asked earlier was a brilliant question, right? So how do we create change? Now, it is almost impossible to outperform your belief system. It's human, right? Because our, our belief system is responsible for everything from our thinking and our emotions and our feelings and our decisions and our actions. And it happens all at the subconscious level. So we're not in control of it. We're like, I know how to do it. I know what to do. I know it's good for me. I want the result and I still can't do it. So our gym has become like a human laboratory for me. You asked how I've learned some of the, you know, the, the steps of the procedures or the constructs of the tools to yeah. change human behavior. Well, there's no industry that fails at a higher rate than the health and fitness industry. And that's just a fact of life, right? Everybody wants the end result. How to get there is not unknown. We have this great tool called Google that gives you everything you need to know, whether it be your diet, whether it be your, your workout, whatever it is you need to accomplish the goal you want. So you know how to do it. You know what to do. You want the result. You know it's good for you. Still don't do the behavior consistently to produce the results. That's the area that I expertise. In. That's where I practice today. That's where I, I didn't do it intentionally, but that's where I ended up. That kind of makes sense. That's amazing. Yeah. MMA at 42 though, too. And then you started your own gym and then yeah. that branched off into this whole thing, yeah. which is remarkable, Re remarkable. And it almost ties back to kind of where you were. Cause I feel like you've always been an athlete, Pat. That's what it seems like that like you've always like rugby and then just like always hands-on down and dirty, like ready to go, like construction, real estate investing, all the things, right? And then getting into MMA kind of, it's just funny. It's so cool to see the web of our lives and how certain things have correlated and how they've affected future decisions. That's why I always ask the question of like, what did you want to be as a kid? Because like for me, I always wanted to be on stage and I wanted to be like Britney Spears. And that was like my dream as a kid. Like I was like, I want to be like Britney Spears. I want to sing and dance and I, I want to, help people smile and entertain them and like help them that was always like my thing and so it's it's interesting to see how the webs in your life have kind of correlated and connected which is super cool and it makes perfect sense as to where you are today because i feel like with athletics comes this whole mindset i mean you know athletes have this discipline unlike any other human being on planet earth and like they are just driven and they're ready to go and they're ready to rock and roll. And like their mindset is always like, I'm going to get it done. We're going to do this. We're going to crush this, you know, cause it's the, like the competitiveness and a whole mix of other things. So I just think it's so cool seeing yeah. the connection kind of between all your things and how they all really are truly connected together uh, through your journey. I'll share a little magic in there. Right. And then I want to go back to the purpose part for a second. Yes. Yes. Love it. A little magic, right. From the outside looking in, it looks like discipline. It looks like, wow, he's very regimented. He's ruthlessly disciplined. He's out there in a pouring rain doing what he's doing, or he's up at 5 a.m. punching a bag or whatever. It's less about discipline, and it's a lot more about having meaning in what you do. When you mm. have meaning, what you do matters. It's not just some superficial goal that you're trying to put up on a board because you think that's what you think that's what they think you should be going for, right? Yeah, then you're going to need a bit of discipline. 
you know, discipline, doing what you have to do when you have to do it, even though you don't want to. That's the essence of discipline, right? But when right. what it is means enough to you, you do not need discipline. As a matter of fact, you'll need an army of soldiers to keep you from doing that thing. So if people are struggling, like trying to get something done, we have to always, if we set a goal, goal to me are phenomenal. I love using goals, but they're tools. They're ways to measure progress, right? They're right. not what we what we want, what we want is in the answer, what is the result of the result? Meaning, what do we get once we achieve that goal, right? And often that's usually, and somehow it's, we've become someone different and that's where we find true meaning. And once we anchor to the meaning, we become unstoppable. We're a force to be dealt with. You find someone that, that is focused, right? And purposeful and anchored in their meaning. That's a person you do not want to get in the way of because they will find a way through, over, under, around. They will get to where they're going no matter what. Does that make sense? Amen. I love that. I absolutely love that, Pat. Oh my God. Let's keep going, man. I love, I just love your flow and your energy. I freaking <laughs> love it. I freaking oh. love it. I'm like just sitting here taking notes for myself. Like it, you're ish. So let's, go back. <laughs> let's go back to purpose then, right? Yeah. It's easy to get hung up on, especially... You know, like I said, I'm 54 years old. So officially I'm like halfway, right? Like I don't fret the future. I don't fret getting older. I don't fret dying. I don't because there's no reason to worry about shit that is outside of my control, right? My job is to enjoy the journey. Now follow me on this. This part is really important, right? Because you're like, Pat, I don't know my purpose. And some people lose their mind and this often will push them into this, sometimes like a midlife crisis and doing all this crazy stuff, right? Let me reframe this a little for you, right? There's this paradox in self-fulfillment, right? And becoming all we can be, reaching our potential. Now paradox is this, right? If our purpose is reaching our full potential, right? For let's say, for lack of better words, right? Understand that as we move towards our potential. We take more action. We get more life experience. We get more wisdom. We get more education. Our progress forward into what I call the discovery process, which I'll explain in a second, right? Enhances our potential. So as we move towards our potential, our potential is getting bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. Mm -hmm. So in effect, it's impossible to fully self-actualize our potential. So you say, well, aren't we kind of screwed then? I'm like, no. Because our focus should never be on that full self-actualization. That just provides guidance. Our, the focus has got to be on the journey itself. Mm. You got to bring it back home. Stop playing and living in the future somewhere. The space that is made up is false. It's imaginative. It, it's fiction. It's a space that we can't do anything about. And when we play in the future, we don't go there to have fun. We go there to fret and worry and stress and angst about what could happen, what might happen. And the more we play there, the more we realize we can't change the future. We can't control the future because it doesn't even exist. Now we don't acknowledge this like in a conscious way. We start realizing though that we are out of control and there's nothing worse than being out of control. Bring it back home into the present. It's a space that we are in control. We can actually affect anything and everything around us. Right. By just getting present again. You follow me on this? I'm loving it. No, I'm loving it. And this is a big challenge that people have worried about what if could happen in the future and all this. Listen, there's a purpose for you, but you won't know your purpose till we're done the journey and looking back. And 
be okay with that. Come back here and appreciate this discovery piece I'm going to explain to you. If I look backwards, Pamela, right, I look at all the different pieces I've gone through, even on, you know, right before that MMA stuff, I say right before that, about five years before that, I got knocked out of rugby permanently. Doctor said, Pat, you can never play rugby again. I was playing at an international level, it was a series of bad concussions. You do that again, you may become a vegetable. And it got taken from me overnight, which bothered me. And whenever, you know, whenever us as humans have something taken from us or we're wrong, we get angry. And I got angry, but there wasn't anyone to point that anger at. It was not the proper response, but there was really no one helping me with it either. So I brought it back into business. And frankly, on the outside, it looked like our business was doing awesome, but it was done in a very destructive way. I push and push and push and push till it broke again so I could fix the damn thing, just so I could push it to the next limit to break it again. And, and so hurting all the people around me, right? Mm. Unaware of all this, didn't know all this was happening, right? That was my life in the moment. And one day, my son, he was 11 at the time, said, Dad, a gym opened up down the road. And I spent five, I quit everything athletic for five years. I didn't do a freaking thing because I was so angry at anything to do with it. Kind of crazy. And uh, son asked me if I can go, if I could bring down and check out this gym. There's a place called the Lion's Den. It was a martial arts gym and a fitness gym. And the second I went in there, this was an, a bit of an epiphany. An epiphany just being when we finally get to our truth, when we scrape back all the bullshit and see us for what's really happening, right? Man, I've been a really crappy role model for my kids, my wife, anybody that, that I influence around me. I got to fix this. So got a family membership to the gym, right? Going up, it just happened to be a gym that had martial arts in it. One thing led to another. And one day I ended up doing a little jujitsu and somehow noticed there was MMA down there and asked how to get involved in that. One thing led to another. And that led to getting into a cage fight for you know, the first time at 42 years old, which then led to opening my own gym because this one ended up closing down. We had to go somewhere. You, you ever have an emotional buy? All the time, yes. Okay, uh -huh. then you'll appreciate this. My coach at the time goes, hey, Pat, we got a problem. Jim's shutting down. We got, you know, we got 30 or 40 guys on our team here, men and women. What do I do? And he's this Brazilian guy and speaks pretty much broken English. And I'm like, no problem. I got, a, I got a great idea. How about we open a gym together and you do all the gym stuff and I'll do the business stuff. And this will just be awesome. What do you think? And he said, sweet. And of course, this, this was seconds of thinking that went into this. There's no real thinking. It didn't make any sense to do this, but we went into <laughs> it. And the idea was we're going to open this little 3,000 square foot dojo. It's going to like, we're going to keep the family together. It's going to be so cute, you know? And then after getting into the business side, I realized there's a reason why uh, most martial artists are flat broke because their model sucks. The model's terrible. Mm. So we expanded and, and brought in a, a fitness part to the model and instead of 3,000 square feet, did it at 15,000 square feet and turned wow. into a lifestyle fitness center, but it had the genuine heart and culture of our martial arts that drove us, you know? So anyways, that's how that piece all fit in there in, in a loose kind of way. That's um, amazing. So back to purpose and back to the word discovery. I'm an absolute believer in the fact that we don't know what we don't know. And the only way we're going to know it is to discover it and to discover it is to step into the the abyss of the unknown to go experience and do things we've never done before so that we can get the wisdom and insight that we need in the moment and when i look back on my journey pam every piece of the way 
it was another sharp turn in another direction. But in that was revealed more wisdom and insight I needed to move forward, to start shaping me into the guy that I'm capable of becoming. So as we try to answer that question, you know, what is my purpose? Our purpose is to constantly be discovering who we're meant to be. And if we sit back in fear or fret or even regret looking backwards, it will get in the way of ever fulfilling the shoes that are, that are sitting there waiting for each of us to step up into. Amen, Pat. Amen. I mean, you mentioned a lot of things that really, really hit home where we live so often, and especially entrepreneurs, we are the number one culprits of this, of living in the future. And I can't tell you, I mean, most of like my my teenage life, probably until I was about 21. That's what actually, until I was about 25. That's what exactly what I was doing. I had the hardest time appreciating the now because I was so focused on being here and here and here. And I remember like when I hit my first like seven figure year and I was like, this is what I worked for. This is like what I planned for. And I did all the things and like, it was super cool. It was super cool for like a day or two. And then it's like, like I gave up a lot to get yeah, there, yeah, yeah. you know? And it's like, what really matters is the now. You know, back in the, when we were heavy into real estate, and this is in that period of time, post rugby, pre MMA, right? The first time we started doing seven figure years, right? So we're in the, we're in the mid two thousands and what I've learned on hindsight, right? Doesn't matter if you get there or not, when it's not done right, you don't get to keep it. <laughs> Right. And you will have to rebuild living example of it. Right. Because the first time up the ladder wasn't done right. And therefore it was not sustainable. It's not something I could lean into and keep building upon. Right. Took some shortcuts, did some things that, like I said, we pushed the business and the business, you know, from a, like a revenue position did awesome, but we did it all the wrong way. It's not sustainable. And, and, and I hurt good people along the way. Right. So guess what? The rewards of that get, they go out the window like they should and force you to look back, learn, grow and do it again, but start doing things the right way. Then I got to stop doing things just for this guy and start leaning in other people. If I can help people cross this bridge from where they're at to what they're capable of becoming, then I'll get everything out of this world that I want. It just keeps flowing now. Craziest thing. It really is. Well, that's exactly what happened in my world too. Pat, you know, it's like you get to these numbers and everyone starts working towards the money. Sometimes a lot of the time the motivator is the money, right? And then you get to that point and it's like, then you're kind of like, okay, this is cool. Now what? Right? Like there's nothing like changing the game and focusing on helping the world. And the universe really does pour into you, which is incredible. And the work that you do is so remarkable because you're helping people get to where they want to be. And I know, I mean, I'm sure with your clients and everything, you've had quite a few different experiences and stories, but what have been some of the most common themes and the common obstacles that people often face that stop them from getting to where they want to be? I'll pick two obvious ones, right? One being yeah. fear and then one succeeding, but on a goals shaped around achievement alone. Right. So I'll do the easy one first, right? Fear. And we, we kind of touched on it a bit, right? Uh, fear has a bad rap. Uh, we think fear is bad, right? We retract around fear. We contract around fear. Fear is anchored in one thing. If people could wrap their brains around this, it simplifies it. Fear is always anchored around one thing and one thing only, the unknown. We don't know if we're going to lose, be judged, fail, whatever, whatever title you want to put on it. It's not knowing. 
right? And and we're human behavior such that we love certainty, we we wallow in uncertainty, like right? but we thrive in certainty. And if we can appreciate that, unlike our predisposition around change, our predisposition being all change goes from good to worse. It's just in our blood, our subconscious, oh, we're going to change shit, things are going to get worse, right? If we can get past that and appreciate that change more times than not goes from good to better, right? But there's unknown in the process, just like discovery. There's a lot of unknown. And with that comes an inherent amount of fear. But if we can, in context, understand the relationship, then we can also understand that that doesn't make fear a bad thing. It makes fear an opportunistic thing, right? Wait, time out, fear. All right, what am I afraid of right now? Where's the unknown and how can I step into it? There's a little book, it's called Flinch. And it, I think it's a, like a giveaway on Amazon and it's the metaphors are built around boxing. But really what it says is that if you take a boxer and a non-boxer, right? The boxer throws a punch at the non-boxer, right? The non-boxer, the layperson will, will naturally step back and flinch away. Whereas if a boxer throws a punch at another boxer, the receiving of the punch, they don't just slip it, they'll lean into it and leaning into it collapses the space it takes away all the power on the punch and puts me in a perfect position to counter punch to respond not have to react okay mm-hmm. that over into life right opportunity shows up it's different it's unknown our immediate response is we flinch we step back but what that's done is it's put us out of range of responding to the opportunity so another one just floats right on by and such is life, and it continues. And we make a habit of, of contracting around fear instead of leaning into fear. Does that metaphor there make, make sense when I explained it that way? Absolutely. I love that. Yeah, because we're taught to kind of, our instinct is to back up and kind of react, right? Or just try to shut it out altogether, which yeah. <laughs> is uh, counterintuitive, right? So obviously, if that happens, you're, you are literally stuck. You're, you're not in a position to be on neutral ground to be able to strike back to, or even realize what was coming at you. Don't even get to take a look at it. Goes right Exactly. Back. You just shield. You yeah. know, it's incredible because the mind is a very powerful thing. If the minute you start to be afraid of something, it's like you shut down, you go into survival mode and your mind just kind of, oh, I'm under attack kind of thing. Whereas if you just kind of learn to just kind of step forward and just wait, you never know. Absolutely. And, and respond. And the response could be not a good opportunity for me now. Great. We pull back out. No big deal. Mm-hmm. But at least we had the opportunity to respond and was on our terms now. It's not on the attacker's terms, right? That's the big takeaway. So let's parlay fear and pain in together because both are misunderstood words, right? And, and both were taught as children that they're, they're both bad, right? Pain is a little more, it's a little more powerful and it has more insight for us. So, so look at pain as the universe's way of getting our attention and delivering the most insightful wisdom it possibly can in the moment. That's the role pain plays in our lives, mentally, emotionally, physically. So look at it physically, you're jogging down the road, you twist your ankle, pain shoots up your leg, and the universe is saying, stop, take the weight off the leg so you don't make it worse. How do we deal with pain? Pain, bad, make it go away now. So we anesthetize it 
as quick as possible. If we had a shot of cortisol in our pocket, that runner would inject your ankle with cortisol, the pain would go away. They continue running down the road. And naturally what would then happen because they, they went against the wisdom of the universe, that ankle would get damaged worse and worse and worse to maybe permanently not run again. Physical pain is easy, right? It's the emotional mental pain though, that gets a little more confusing. We're, we're dealt that every single day, but we do the same thing. We move to anesthetize it. We distract it. We smoke it away. We drink it away. We get into bad habits so we don't have to deal with it, right? When in fact, the universe is saying, hey, dum-dum, stop. Listen, stop doing this and start doing this. We get the exact insight we need right then if we just paid attention, Pamela. But Western civilization, Western medicine, no, let's make our pain go away and let's not treat the cause. Let's just cover up the symptoms, right? And we'll deal right. with this today. Dangerous space to be in right there. You know? Absolutely. And that's where you see a lot of our society. I mean, oh my God, I was reading stats the other day that, and this was about the shootings, right? Like what's happening, like mental health in America. Shooting situations have basically tripled since 2018. That is a sure sign that our mental health and awareness right now is that it's all time worst and we're not solving the problem through anything else but like what is the root of it like you said it's those suppressed emotions it's all the things on the internal side and how how can we heal that and essentially pat like how can we get out of our own way how do we overcome those obstacles so that we don't self-medicate and go into this world of of sadness which ultimately leads to a lot of things, you know, fear, resentment, depression, Death, all of the things. Depression, yeah, all, yeah. all of that, you know, as it relates to that like situation and in that particular you know, mental health and it's just showing up in our kids. The challenge that we're doing as a country is we're just trying to anesthetize it. The symptoms, we're not dealing with causations at all, right? Causations take work. We got to go in deep. We got to, we got to do some work and it's a long, it's got a long runway. It ain't going to happen overnight, right? But no doubt. We know exactly what we need to do, Pamela, but we're unwilling to do it. And when I say us, we're not talking about us as people. And I know, on, I don't care what political spectrum you sit on, Republican, Democrat, Libertarian, it doesn't matter. Right? We're willing to do the work. It's our leaders that are the problem here. But let's just, let's not get lost in that conversation. Yeah. yeah. Now bring it back home. Let's bring right. up the idea of emotional intelligence for a second, right? Emotional right. intelligence in its simplest form, right, is being aware of our emotions and then being able to manage our emotions, right? Yep. So humans are emotion, emotional and emotions are good. And I, I see all emotions as good because they're, they're either feel good or they're giving us information that is good. It's one or the other, right? So right. Pat, well, how is anger good? Well, there's a reason why you're angry, right? Let's just stop and figure this stuff out, right? It's not a bad emotion in and of itself until we use it badly and that would be the you know, the response of the emotion so if we can appreciate that our emotions sit in our subconscious right and every thought has an emotion tied to it and when we think something it pulls that emotion up into the conscious and now we feel what we were thinking right and now we're thinking and feeling and feeling and thinking up until we act on those feelings and thoughts and that's right. usually how we play it out 
Well, mm -hmm. emotional intelligence allows us to be aware of what we're thinking and feeling. And if the action that's about to happen is not in alignment with like our good outcomes, we can go stop, time out, pause. And we can put a new thought, new emotion, resulting in a different action that's compliant and congruent with the results that we want. That's the most simplest way I can explain emotional intelligence as it relates to just us individually without it relating from an individual to others, right? It's mm -hmm. care of our emotions and then managing them and not letting our emotions make decisions for us. Done it a thousand times in my life, right? Yeah, like I said, I'm a slow learner, right? If I ask others, have you ever said anything in a state of elevated anger? As the words were leaving your mouth, you wish you could take back. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And that's letting emotions affect your decision-making and action-taking and not stepping above practice of emotional intelligence. So stop saying that is not good for you. It's not good for the one you love, which is standing in front of you. Stop. Focus on what you want to see as an outcome. Make a new connect a new thought with a new emotion new feeling that will result in an action that moves you towards that outcome that's emotional intelligence right but right. our kids aren't taught that us adults aren't taught that we have to seek this stuff out on our own and say hey that makes sense and dive deeper into that right but that would be one of the long-term salvation to recovering our mental health in our country start teaching this in kindergarten Instead of focusing on just IQ, intellectual intelligence, let's bring EQ, emotional intelligence, into schooling, which is right. completely void of. It's crazy to me, but we see the outcomes of this stuff, you know, Pam? Right. Absolutely. Absolutely, Pat. It's just a crazy. There's so many things, but emotional intelligence is definitely one of the biggest things. And how do you get out of your own way? Because it's, you know, what is triggering the response that you're giving to something? right? There's something going on that you're reacting in a specific type of way. And, and what is that? And get to the root of that, clear that, and then move on. And then that's how you start to get past these obstacles in your own way. But right? to be aware of them is the first step, right? You're aware. And then if you have a trigger that always pulls up a bad emotion that's in your way, simply remap the trigger. And I'll give you an example. And I know, again, slow learner, right? Takes me a while. But I used to have a challenge sometimes on the highway with moron drivers. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> no, and I, and I'd let them get under my skin. Right. An example would be, you know, I get on off an exit. Somebody cut me off after I've been waiting in line and I'm on the horn. I'm giving them the finger. I'm doing, I'm being a moron myself. Right. 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 And then we get to the end of the exit. He goes right. And I go left and I go home and I'm still in this elevated emotional state and i go home and i open the door of my house and i walk in you know it flows into the room before i even get in all that negative emotional energy and it yep. overwhelms my wife and overwhelms my kid and i my kids and i go in and i say hey honey and she responds in a tonality but her tonality was a response to my energy yes that tonality i don't like and immediately we're triggered and fired up and fighting was that what i wanted right Hell no. So I can go back, right, and map this out differently and reassociate the emotions that go along with getting cut off. I could realize, factually speaking, that that dude never saw me, 
didn't hit me. And I am the luckiest human being in the world because I'm up here on the road still. I'm not down in the gutter. I am going to make it home. I am going to hug my wife. I am going to hug my kids. And this is fabulous. Roll down the windows, turn up the music. And hey, guy, man, have a great freaking afternoon. I can create that emotion out of that exact same trigger through the mm. use of tools and, and emotional intelligence. Just remap the trigger to where it serves me. And when you think about it, why would you not remap all your triggers in a way that serve you, that produce the desired results and outcomes that you want? Why would you want anything other than that? Right. Powerful hey. stuff inside there. A powerful. Absolutely. Your, your emotional reaction to so many things affects your mindset, which then affects your energy. And your energy is everything in this life. Mm -hmm everything in this life it, it attracts and retracts all the things you want and don't want at the same time right it, but you choose you choose and that's the magical thing but i think awareness is definitely like you mentioned the very first thing and then we realize what can we, i proactively do to change these types of reactions now that i'm aware of the reactions and that i'm not just kind of falling into it every single time right yeah crazy right it's freaking incredible the human mind is so powerful in two different ways right in the positive and the negative it just depends which one you're aware of right if you just let life slide and you continue your your mind's just gonna do its own thing and you'll be pulled to other people's energy whereas you know you can always control your own if you're aware so that's the first step i love it pat you are amazing my friend you're absolutely amazing now in your world what are you up to in the next six to twelve months yeah, so all this stuff we're talking about, right, can get a little complicated. And, um, <laughs> yep. and quite frankly, it could get a little, you know, what I call fluffy, like gray, non-tangible, right? So what I've done is I've taken all of this space and boiled it down and made it really simple, tangible, black and white, like pulling levers on a machine. So it becomes very predictable on how to alter our behavior to produce results, right? And right. so I use a very simple formula with clients and, and you'll love this family, right? You take your capacity, which is your knowledge, your expertise, your information, and your ability to act on it, plus your actions equal your results. Okay. Right. That's the formula. It's the only formula we have to work with here. And everything we do is very result centric. So we start with the results. All right, what are the results that you want to seek that you want that you don't currently have? Let's reverse engineer what are the actions needed to get there. And let's, let's start working your actions compliant with those actions. Now, go one step below that, right? In order to consistently produce the actions, we've got to create those actions in a form of habits. So now we get into habit, destruction and construction, right? And underlying the habit would be our belief system. Well, we don't have to worry about all that. We just have to follow a very simple process. And all of this is automated underneath because it's created out of the execution of changing our belief systems and putting the, the new beliefs compliant with the behavior, compliant with the habits we're going to form to produce the new results. That, that's a mouthful, but does that make sense when I say that? Yes, I think it's amazing. It's amazing your process and how you navigate through it. And I love that you keep it simple and always break it down. That honestly, I think it's amazing. This is why you transform lives, right? Yeah. Because yeah. you've done this work and it's a process that works, which is incredible. And I wanted to ask you, Pat, so for the last question, is one of my favorites, which is what would your older self tell your younger self based on what you know now? It's your mic drop moment. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So 
it may not be that much of a mic drop, right? There's experiences I've had, like all of us, right? That in the moment were ruthlessly painful, uh, regretted decisions I made what got me into those moments, right? And on hindsight, Pamela, I would never go back and change those, okay? The wisdom I would share with me back then, enjoy the shitty stuff more because it's what's making the biggest difference in your life right now. Embrace it, enjoy. You don't have to suffer through it. You have to own it, be responsible for it, be held accountable for it, but you don't have to suffer through it because it's going to play, it's going to play a role in your life bigger than you can ever, ever imagine. You know, when I was getting ready for my first cage fight, I was in a locker room and I was fighting on the team for the lion's den. And we had seven other fighters out and one of my mates was out fighting. And I was the last fight of the night. It was like 11 o'clock at night. Really weird being that late getting ready to fight. And so my entire team's out there. I was the only one in this locker room at this event center. And it was dark in there. And I'm, just, I'm sitting up on the table, nervous as all could be. My legs are just dangling. And I'm just sitting there alone, right? And this gentleman walks into the locker room. I had never met him before. And I didn't even really follow UFC or any of that kind of stuff. It wasn't my thing, you know? He leans into me, man. He leans in, he puts his hands on my legs and leans. He goes, Pat, you know, I've been, been paying attention. You're following you a bit. It's amazing what you're doing here. I'm going to share something with you that you're not going to, not going to get right now, but it'll make sense later. He says, right now you're worried about a fight out in that cage. You're worried about the opponent. You're worried about how strong, how young, how fast he is. You're worried about all the people that are here to watch you fight and, and that you don't want to let them down. You're worried about all of your strategy, your preparation, everything, right? But the truth is that's not the fight. The fight you got to be focused on right now is this fight right here. Because what happens here is going to be reflected out there. You got to win this one first if you want any chance of winning that one next. Now, I was going to go all the way back to day one, Pam, when I was young, at least young, at least out of an age that I can embrace that wisdom. I would tell me back then that bit of advice that I didn't get until I was 42 years old. It didn't sink in for a couple of years later. But today I apply that to everything. The fight has got to get one here first so we can go out there and win it there second. That's a total mic drop. Are you kidding me, Pat? That's amazing. <laughs> That's amazing. I freaking love that. And I just, I love what you're up to and who you are, your journey, your processes and everything that you're doing to help people get to the next level in their lives and you know, causing this amazing ripple effect throughout the planet, right? Because one person's decisions could affect so many and it continues and continues to elevate out. Now, Pat, where can everybody find you and your awesomeness and all of that? So really, really easy to find on any of the social media channels. Just my name, Patrick Precourt, you know? And if uh, if you want to go to my website, it's just patrickprecourt.com. There's a really cool ebook called Live Big Ebook there if anybody wants just a a fun read to read through. It's just about how to live an expanded life, you know, um, challenges us and a lot of the stuff that we're talking about here, but easy to find it. When you go on the internet, you'll find two Patrick records. One's my son and one's me, but you should be able to tell the difference. <laughs> <laughs> that you're amazing. Thank you so much for being here today and your wisdom, your journey, everything you shared with us is incredible. So I'm just so grateful for you, my friend. And thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So that's it for today's episode of Underdog. Catch us next week, always dropping on Thursdays. And remember, if you're interested in real estate, 
or want to learn how to create more money and magic in your life, check out meetwithpamela.com and let's chat. Sending you so, so much love. All we know is over time, working like some underdogs. underdogs. underdogs.